ಸದಾಶಿವಸಮಾರಂಭಸ್ಮದ್ಗುರುಪರ್ಯಂತಂ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಪರಂಪರ ವಂದೇ ಗುರುಪರಂಪರ ಜಯ ಗುರುದೇವ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ Thank you Swami. Thank you very much. Welcome everyone back to the Chitheads podcast. I'm here today with Swami Umesh Yogi who's visiting us or visiting the United States from India where he lives um at Rishikesh uh at his Rishikesh School of Yoga. Thank you. And we're uh going to talk today a little bit about Jyotish and knowledge and the Vedic wisdom and <laughs> whatever other fun subjects we happen to linger into so welcome swami thank you so much for joining me thank you very much thank you so just to start do you want to tell a little bit about the prayer that you just shared maybe um a, a translation to ground it for those that are listening sure actually the knowledge is within you but it need to be awaken mm-hmm. so the start of this awakening starts with the cosmic master and we believe our cosmic master is the shiva mm-hmm. so i was telling sada shiva samaramba that i always would like to start by thanking to our great master mm-hmm. shiva himself and after that incarnation of shiva as a great guru sankracharya sankracharya adi guru sankracharya who brings the atvaita philosophy in practical sense and we understood the vedas are not really subject to belief vedas are vedas are science and that's how in this century it is already proven and we say vedic science and then i said asmat guru paryantam then i said i like to thanks and bow down to my personal guru and then all the lineage of masters mm. before starting sharing the knowledge of this vedic tradition mm-hmm. so this was my prayer it's beautiful thank you so it's a way of um showing gratitude for lineage. Yes, mm. thank you. Yes. Yeah. Gratitude and thankful, being thankful for my masters and all the lineage of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. The lineage yeah. holders. Yeah. So, when did you um become a part of this lineage? Has this been with you your whole life or was it something that you encountered along the way? Well, <clears throat> when we look at the life like birth and death, the birth again death and death against birth, mm-hmm. but life going on. life never stops life neither stops after the birth and neither after the death so death and birth is something completely different than life so in my life this this is very complicated question <laughs> where we start and where we end up we actually we start from same point where we are going to end up also mm-hmm. but in practical in a normal question sense i say that when i was 8 year old mm-hmm. 
childhood that I was being blessed by good luck that I born in the family and Sri Gurudev, <coughs> my grandfather, Sri Ram Sevak Maharaj, who was who is well known guru in Central India. <coughs> I got his blessing mm. and I got my sadhana under his guidance. At that time I don't know what sadhana means actually, what why what mm. I am doing it, but it was playful, it was joyful. Mm. And I never left it. I did all my academic education like everybody do. I fulfilled all the academic desires of my parents. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and then I came by flow of nature in Rishikesh. And I found the real sense of living, that dream, what was coming every year in my life, every year, years and years and years, like more than 15, 20 years, I was having same dream. And I reached this place that I was thinking, wow, is I'm still sleeping or I'm awake? <laughs> so when I uh, arrived this place, I felt that this is a life that what must be and what is meant to be. So I started this spiritual journey fully in aware with awareness. Mm. Yeah. That spiritual journey, that the fullness of that spiritual journey commenced in Rishikesh. Yes. And then where after you got there, then when did the Rishikesh School of Yoga start to form? Actually I was um, I started my journey with the very well known Ashram, which is nowadays known as the Beatles Ashram, but it has oh, yeah? uh -huh. but it has been newer Beatles Ashram. Actually, they just I went to that when I was in Rishikesh. Yeah, last but month. they just say the name of Beatles Ashram because it it's it it becomes right. easy to recognize. But it's Maharishiji's yeah. Ashram. But yeah. it was an Ashram of Maharshi mm -hmm. Mahesh Yogi, and Maharshi Mahesh Yogi founded this Ashram first as the first Ashram in his life. It was beginning of his life. Yeah, his you know yeah. uh, career. So there, you know, many gurus has been grown. Like if you know Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, Deepak Chopra, and yeah. and so many, many, uh, many, many gurus born from there. We're at that ashram. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like wow. uh, they they came to uh, in guidance of Maharshiji yeah. learning Vedic science. So there. <coughs> Life took me there. My my destiny came uh, bring me there, mm -hmm. and I started my you know Rishikesh journey, uh, living Rishikesh life from there. So I was uh, one year there as a uh, doing sadhana, learning and 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 being the part of the system. After that, I worked for Maharshi. I worked for meditative consciousness, transcendental meditation organization. Dif Many different part of India, I work for them, but then I feel Rishikesh is the place where really I want to live, mm. where I want to be, because the attraction and energy of this place yeah. always ask me to come back. Mm. And uh, in 2000, in like uh, in November, December, I came back Rishikesh and I d decided that I want to live in Rishikesh. But unfortunately, the ashram was almost closing 
and activities were going down. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it's nothing to do with the, uh, the walls <laughs> because walls and names are not important. Important is the the <coughs> the message that how you take and yeah. in the service how you do. So I decided that that uh, as my responsibility, I keep the continue my job, my service, my part of uh, devotion to the leanness. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started Rishikesh School of Yoga. And with Rishikesh School of Yoga, we, we keep teaching and sharing the Vedic science, what we get from the tradition. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah the <coughs> your remark about Rishikesh being a place that calls you back really resonates with me. Mm -hmm. I felt when I was there that mm -hmm. as soon as I left, I was thinking about going back. Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful place. It is. It is. It is. Uh, even now, it, it is completely different Rishikesh than what yeah. I have live, been lived in Rishikesh. Of course, time is changing. Mm -hmm. Now it's like big yoga commercial or yeah, hotel yeah. commercial everywhere like you know crazy uh, changing mm -hmm. but it's still the energy is there yeah and it's still you know the purity is there mm -hmm. it's still you know environment you can feel there is some sense of peace there mm -hmm. so it is important yeah and even when uh, when you go even more up there is more in more powerful i have been living in cave in the gangotri which is very high the, yeah. which is the source of Ganges and there is also very high energy and uh, you know like different w completely different world there but Rishikesh is for normal people in normal life like you can have social responsibilities right. and your sadhana together mm -hmm. yeah is there anything that concerns you about uh, the seeing the commercialization of yoga in this way you're remarking how Rishikesh has gotten a little more commercial and and we see this of course across the world is 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 there anything that concerns you about that process or that evolution of, of yoga into the mainstream or are you a little more flexible of mind about it I'm very happy that um, that yoga science is nowadays the worldwide accepted and mm -hmm. and it become you know not only uh, spiritual practice, but it become a biggest one of the biggest industry in the world, yeah. multi-billionaire industry, and it gives a lot of um, uh, uh, opportunity for uh, the people uh, to have a good job, like mm -hmm. a yoga teacher, yoga instructor, yoga yoga business job. So uh, this is very good happening actually. But uh, behind this, there is something what is what we are missing. Mm -hmm. We are missing the systematic and proper organized representation and the, the the highest benefit of yoga what can be yeah. that we're missing so in this sense we working and uh, as a being swamiji and uh, spiritual and and coming from the tradition i feel responsibility and i bring this proposal to everyone that because this yoga is really greatest boon blessings let's yeah. say from from the god from the masters from the from the knowledge mm -hmm. who, however you want to see but it is not a religious thing it is not like a a business only business business is not bad but it's not only business thing you can have even much much higher and much better results of it when it gets systematic and organized form mm -hmm. to 
to to serve the society so we bring that uh, it must be education yeah instead of just a, a corner business like every corner you see yoga street yoga yoga center this that everyone every second person is yoga st- teacher yoga <laughs> student it's good <laughs> it's very good it's 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 proud to be mm-hmm. but it needs some management yeah <laughs> yeah it needs some management to keep it pure to mm-hmm. keep it proper not to not to miss projected. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And um, I th- we see a lot of, you know, the, the physical practice, but uh, in that rise in popularity of the physical mm-hmm. practice, the, the wisdom and, and the Vedic knowledge is sometimes misunderstood if, if it's being taught at all. And then, you know, and many times it's just not, sometimes it's just not being taught. So we appreciate kind of, you know, the, the voices that continue to lift up this this knowledge and remind us that it's about something much more expansive and systematic, like you're saying. So before we talk about actually the Vedic um, knowledge and also Jyotish, um, you came to the States, I understand, because of this uh, this Path to Peace mission, uh, partly. No, Path to Peace mission is not really the mission. Path to Peace was a kind of project by uh, some of my friends and and, and Swamiji, and they did some initiative on it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> My mission is peace education, yeah, global peace education. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean, peace education? Yeah, that peace can be taught. The time when we have to uh, listen that uh, God is there somewhere in the church, in temple, or in in some some other places. Yeah. And you have to run with your gift and flowers, <laughs> <laughs> and all this. Uh, you know, that was wonderful. That was that uh, that has many use, and mm-hmm. that was really wonderful tradition. But now the time has changed. Now, this story is really changed. People want peace. And people want God mm-hmm. in logical sense. Yeah. You know, you cannot tell them God is there or there or whatever address you want to make. Yeah. You not, you, this is the time when people want to know what is the right address of the God and what is the right process of the peace. Yeah. And it must be a, in, in educational sense, mm-hmm. scientific sense. Mm-hmm. So... Peace education is that kind of uh, proposal and program which is very scientific Mm -hmm. and peace can be taught and God can be found easily. Yeah. Yeah. God God is not scary because (laughs) Roman God, Indian God uh, and Catholic God and Muslim God or this God or that God. It is it is the time has changed. Mm-hmm. It's not that time. Mm-hmm. Nobody believe in it. Maybe mm-hmm. some people do, but it has no any proper base on the society nowadays. Yeah. Now people say, and they want to be with the God, they want to believe, but they want to a proper God, like a real God, instead of, you know, confusing God. Yeah. So well, and it seems like the the external God of yeah. the the old you know conception of God that you're talking about it doesn't really change and their embodied experience you know they have they believe in something sort of out there and away from them but they're still living in a suffering unpeaceful way 
So when you, um, just to push this a little more, when you say God as a logical, mm-hmm. scientific thing, what do you mean by that? So in Vedic scriptures, it's very, very, very simply explained. If you meet any Vedantic teacher, mm-hmm. and there are four principles of God, <clears throat> So they say, Sarvam Kaluidam Brahma. They say, everything is divine, everything is God. Mm-hmm. So, but if everything is God, how, every, why not the divinity is exposed and practically we see it? How to find that? If everything is God, okay, we believe everything is God. Then this um, tradition says, that to find and to experience the God divinity in everything, you have to work up, mm. work a little bit. Yeah. And what is the work that you have to look what, how is your tendency of your nature, your, your, your mind? Mm-hmm. Your tendency of the mind is you always look to other first. Yeah. That I'm looking to you, for the example, now you're looking to me. Mm-hmm. So the practice to start from here that I am Atma Brahma, that you are the God. Hmm? Mm -hmm. When I say you are the God, and and you say I am the God, (laughs) hmm? Mm -hmm. then who you are and who I am. I am the being and you are the being. Because this body without me is not. Mm -hmm. So then, the practice starts to see every being is the God. Every being, wherever the being is, that is divinity. Mm-hmm. And then, when every being is the God, then you are the being. I, Aham Brahmasmi, I am the God too. You become God. Mm. So this is philosophical, but there is pr- some practical sense practices. Mm-hmm. When Sankara said, Jagat Guru Sankara, about the God, they said, he said that uh, <coughs> Brahma Satyam Jagan Mithya. He said, only the God is the true and everything is false. Then question came again, same, where is the God? Who is the truth? Be- because if everything is false, where is the truth? Where is the God? If, he, if you're telling Sankara, you are get master, that Brahma Satyam, only the Brahma is the is the truth, is only the divinity is the truth, and Jagan Mithya, whole, all other things are false, then where is this truth? Yeah. He said, next sentence, Jivo Brahma Napara. He said, Jivo, Jivo means Atman, the soul. Yeah. Hmm? And Brahma has not difference, no dualness. So that Jiva, that, that being, is the divine. Mm-hmm. That is the divinity in you, which is the, which is your being. So this, this must be in educated form, in practical sense to find. Not like nowadays meditation, like there are two thousand kind of, <laughs> you know, meditation uh, practices. I don't say that is that is nonsense. No, this is not nonsense. There are some kind of exercises. They give some profit. They they fulfill something. But when you talk about meditation, it must be 
logical. Yeah. It must be introduced in scientific sense. So when my 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 approaches, my efforts are, my services to bring the Vedic science, the Vedic knowledge in the scientific reality. Yeah. So so this is very clear to me that what is the Vedic it is not just a belief and religious it is a scientific reality and i want to present it and i i am trying to uh, request all the nations the government of every nation that please if you want to make your nation better and great you need to think that there are two in institutions in your country one the religious institution and another the family institution which is completely broken and it need a replacement and only replacement can be in your country which is called education mm-hmm. so please what our society and our children are missing they are missing the uh, that education which co- which was coming through the religious institution and which was coming through the uh, family institution now they don't have that mm-hmm. as a, as a, as our duty of being a um, organization of nation like government mm-hmm. every government have responsibility to give this facility to give this education to their nation mm-hmm. to, and without that it's never possible to make it great again yeah because the because you know of course in the states we have a religious institution but would you say that that institution is not wise and that it's not actually transmitting I'm not telling that we don't have religious institution on the papers yeah but how <laughs> much how much we are we have it in practical sense right yeah how much is not involved in, in our practice yeah yes that's the thing. it's not embodied yeah no so yeah. so that's the thing that we need a practical involvement uh, we need we have to bring it in practical replacement yeah. you know yeah i appreciate what you said about meditation and knowledge because mm-hmm. it is often um meditation is often spoken about as if you know it doesn't matter how you do it you'll always get there and what i hear you saying a little bit is that meditation has to be accompanied by a new way of thinking and a new way of perceiving that is sort of facilitated by the vedic knowledge is that is no, that no i'm not telling this i I'm, i'm telling that that uh, meditation for example mm-hmm. what is meditation this must be very clear to the uh, students and practitioners yeah no most of the time meditation is to relaxing the mind calming the thoughts controlling the mind focusing the attention of something it means it is like childish that are trying to exercise the mind mm-hmm. like you exercise the body but in scientific way if you want to see in if you want to see in vedic way it's not same is the same it's not difference and what is that meditation is a state of consciousness meditation is not exercising the mind it's a state of consciousness like sleeping mm-hmm. do you sleep is exercise or or is is normal state of consciousness it's it's normal state of sometimes it feels like exercise yeah it is exercise <laughs> when you have problem <laughs> you know when you have problem tossing and turning all night yeah exactly mm-hmm. dreaming is a state of consciousness you cannot you cannot exercise for that mm-hmm. and same awakening is is 
is a state of consciousness. So meditation is fourth state of consciousness, next state of consciousness. And it must be explained that if it is a state of consciousness, then what is the perception of this consciousness? Mm -hmm. Then it is very clear that what you are doing and what is happening to you and what is the results. Yeah. What are the results? Otherwise, you can do 100, 200, 500 and millions of years, close your eyes and fight your mind. It's, you are going nowhere. You're just trying to keep fight with yourself. Mm -hmm. So we are fighters. Mm -hmm. Meditators are not fighters. Hmm? Meditators means free. Mm. Meditation means transcendent. Meditation means hmm, being with self, not fight with self. Yeah. So how to do that? Is I'm not telling that my way is highway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling that only I do meditation, nobody else do meditation. No, this is not my message. My message is what the tradition says is meditation and what the most scientific researchers says is meditation. That must be part of our education system. Yeah. Excellent. So we're talking about, um, we've been mentioning this word Veda quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if you, if we could just do a kind of um, maybe a short, almost introduction to what the Veda is for those that are maybe newer to this word who are listening um, and what Veda means and, and whatever you'd like to, to kind of articulate about that. Thank you. Veda is Sanskrit language word. <laughs> if you translate this, in English, it means knowledge. Yeah. There's no other translation. Veda means knowledge, pure knowledge, the absolute knowledge. And if you ask what is God in Vedic science, Ananta Gyan Brahma. The, the knowledge is infinite mm -hmm. and God is infinite. So Veda says that if you want to find that God, knowledge is God. Mm. God is knowledge. Knowledge mm. is God. Mm -hmm. Because similarity, the God is infinite and knowledge is infinite. Mm. So that's why we say in India, Veda never dies because yeah, Veda, so many culture changes came and all the kind of, you know, time changes came and, you know, and knowledge is still exist because knowledge is God and God never die. God is immortal. Mm -hmm. So knowledge is within you because God is within you. You are the God. I am the God. We are the God. But this divinity, why God is suffering? Why your God is suffering then? Mm -hmm. Because it is not awakened. Yeah. Because it is not represented as a... You, you don't get education of to know that you are God. You are told that God is not there. You have to go there with the flowers <laughs> eh, to find the God. Eh? It's so or you have to wait till you're dead to, to get to God. Whatever. Yeah. Mm, or you have to you have to die for the God or mm -hmm. you have to Yeah, this is all different stories mm -hmm. about the God. So if God is within you, it means God is knowledge, knowledge is within you. And how for example, you learn A, B, C, D, one, two, three. <laughs> you learn somewhere or not? Mm -hmm. 
But how it comes? It comes from you. It awakens in you. Right. This because you get in school or from where wherever they teach you alphabets and numbers, whatever. Now you know that this is in you. It is awakened. Same, the peace is in you, and as a simple educated form, it can be awakened, and there will be peace. Mm. Mm. So when you know, is it incorrect then to think that the Veda, like the Vedas, like the books, the Vedas? No, there's not books. Of ba- Vedic, Vedic literature is the book in the book. Yeah, Vedic literature is in the book. Like mathematic uh, uh, literatures, formulas are in the book. Yeah. No. Are in the great book of the Veda. <laughs> yeah, but that's not like that. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. We have. Uh, we have um, division, you know, made division of knowledge that this sect of knowledge and that sect of knowledge and that sect of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, you know, four different sect of knowledge. Right. That's we call four Vedas. Yeah. But, but even that is secondary. Yeah. The first, the Veda means knowledge. I see. The absolute, pure form of knowledge is called Veda. I see. And when it becomes science, because science means the practical aspect of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So that's why we say Vedic science. I see. So uh, when I was listening or watching one of the video interviews that you did, not too, actually not too long ago, but quite recently, mm-hmm. you made a really beautiful distinction, I think, between information and knowledge. Yeah. And and so I was w- wondering if you could just unpack that a little bit and, and what you meant by that. Informational intelligence is the mental intelligence. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And mind have the limit. Limited capacity. Yeah. It is. You believe in it or not? Yeah, we can only hold so much data in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone can have 3 GB, some can, someone can have 8 GB, mm-hmm. uh, 62 GB, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's limitation yeah. of, the, of the mental intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it is it working for the intelligence, informational intelligence level. But this informational intelligence is not complete. But knowledge is complete. You have information. When we came from here, uh, from the place where we were driving, we have some information about you. Mm-hmm. That where to go, we have you know information. And we were driving all the way to reach out. But that was information. Mm-hmm. Now we did this journey. We have the complete knowledge of it. So, informational and the the jnana, knowledge, mm-hmm. is two different things. Right. Jnana, the knowledge is infinite. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is solid, true. Information can be wrong too. Mm-hmm. But when you have knowledge, it is no possible, it is impossible to say it is wrong. Right. Knowledge is truth level of information. So the information does not. Is it correct then to say that knowledge begins as information? So you were talking. We have the information. I have the information that Veda is knowledge, but it hasn't yet awakened in me. Yes. So yes. it starts as information. Exactly. Mm. I- information is the part of knowledge, mm-hmm. 
but information and knowledge is the two different level mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then how does um you know just segueing into our discussion about jyotish which is um the the vedic astrology mm-hmm. uh how does astrology fit into kind of the vedic tradition actually it is pure calculation it is as simple and as practical as you see that uh, astronomy mm-hmm. what is astronomy is snapshot of the alignment nature. of the stars yeah yeah that what is happening how the movements are and then you can predict there will be storm today tomorrow huh? mm-hmm. there will be what will be happening in new york and and uh, and new jersey and another countries whatever and you have you know the use of it yeah <coughs> astrology is same in individual level so <coughs> astrology is also when you take as a vedic science astrology is a science it's not that you have to intu- be intuitional or or you have to be literally smart or or religious for that there's a calculation pattern mm-hmm. and with this calculation pattern there is predictions mm-hmm. so vedic is- astrology is very precise very accurate and and very logical yeah in terms of i don't say that others are not logical <laughs> but what i have confidence in vedic astrology that i found it has nothing to do with religion it is pure calculation according to your birth detail date of birth time and place of birth we need this information and we make your hor- horoscope mm-hmm. and in horoscope you can see that uh, that uh, the solar system how it is affecting to that this person and what is how is moving further to life and to know that what is the use of that actually then when you know what is happening and how is happening it helps you to to be prepared yeah and to get better performance for tomorrow because if you don't know you you don't know what to decide what to do how to how what to expect from the life actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this is very very it's not magic it's not like a something charismatic it is very practical it is very useful mm-hmm. science and uh, i lived in vedic astrology field from my childhood because my family name come from tiwari and tiwari means th- uh, three days ti means three mm-hmm. war means days in hindi mm-hmm. and ri means knowledge who have the knowledge of three days past present and future right so it means that my forefathers who holding this name from the thousands and thousands year they were the astrologer mm-hmm. so it is it comes with my genes and i have seen since childhood you know that how th- people get calculated and then they will get surprise and things happening exactly you know so i learned like that and it it was my passion it's like not my profession but it's my passion yeah and uh, you, you know like when you when we calculate and we see the things and how it is happening exactly we c- we have different picture of life yeah we don't believe that that uh, 
something is like suddenly happening right it is all well planned nature mm-hmm. and then you can believe you are not part apart from the nature you are the part of nature mm. Mm. because how because what is you are calculating the nature and it's it's affecting to you means you are the part of nature yeah so exploring it as a way really of connecting to your interconnectedness with exactly. nature exactly mm. so it gives you a right identity that who you are it gives you right introduction of yourself with that who you are you are the nature yeah yeah so then um i have a couple questions about this you know one is actually just in general is there a way that we can think about the differences do you see much difference between western astrology and and vedic jyotish astrology and if there are what are the key differences uh, from your perspective uh, the vedic astrology is calculation which goes very precise and mm-hmm. very accurate deeper in western astrology i don't know so much because i don't have so much information about western astrology yeah. but some people sometimes they make fun samaji i i like to go tell you about this and they talk about zodiac sign like you know and it is interesting mm-hmm. it is interesting but i never get deeper uh, experience with that right maybe it's my unfortunate that i don't get very good reading of the <laughs> yeah i did not know any very uh, you know that uh, that kind of astrologer who is who doing western astrology yeah which um, which uh, makes me very impressed yeah 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 so there's something about uh, your experience with vedic astrology that has given you some profound insights that you wouldn't have otherwise had i'm very i'm very satisfied and it makes my life like a like a very relaxed Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised like uh, I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes me uh, fearless. Yeah. Yeah. Invincibility kind of, you know, like uh, wow. I feel uh, It makes me want a reading. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel little uh, like uh, well, I'm the nature and I'm invincible because fear cannot conquer me. Mm. Because nothing to fear then. If you know that that is going to rain you 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 have your umbrella you don't have fear but uh, suddenly y- y- you don't know if it is raining uh, next hour or not and you are on the street or somewhere and you get suddenly wet you have fear oh maybe it rained maybe it's not no <laughs> <laughs> so you know um i don't jyotish astrology i think in general i mean it's known in some circles here but it's generally compared to of course western philosophy mm-hmm. not as well known and with any, uh, the relationship to astrology in our culture is either on the one side people you know 100% are on board with it and then on the other side there are those who feel that you know they're their experience couldn't possibly inf- be influenced by the alignment of the stars so what leads to that kind of inability to accept that the microcosm and the macrocosm are connected do you actually a conscious level if you see that your consciousness is always willing to get more clarity in your perception and the role of the knowledge is any kind of knowledge it brings clarity in the perception in that field mm. So if it is Vedic astrology if it is the science of meditation if it is the science of uh, you know yoga or it is science of uh, worship whatever hmm? mm-hmm. 
if it is bringing you the benefit which helps to clear your perception of course that is very important because then makes you satisfied when your perception is more clear you are more uh, more more content more happy more relaxed more achieved more easier and more divine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so in the definition of or one of the ways that trans uh, is it clear that what you I think want? so okay yeah <laughs> um because english is not my language actually oh no it's okay so i i have very limited uh, vocabulary hmm, words in yeah. my in my in mind so i'm trying yeah. to explain but if you cannot um, understand or maybe you want more well i was thinking more uh i mean i guess my question was really about um the the relationship between the microcosm of my experience, right, my sort of immediate perception of myself, and then the macrocosm, which is Brahman or the everything, mm-hmm. and the disconnect that many people have, and the inability to accept the seamlessness between these two things, right, the connection between them. And so that in turn leads them to think that astrology is bogus because they don't see how the vastness of space could affect them personally. So I just was sort of wanting your thoughts sort of on that disconnect between the the vastness of the universe, the cosmos, and the the individual. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So actually this is this is very simple to understand. That uh, when you say I'm the cosmic Do you live that? Mm. You don't live that. We don't live that. In in informational level, we have this information that we are cosmic, we are nature, we are that. Mm-hmm. But in practical sense, we don't know how to do that. Right, exactly, yeah. And every thoughts in our in our, in our brain in the brain of every any being hmm? every thought material speech whatever does not matter is thought to catch that mm-hmm. hmm? that is that is your desire that is the desire of everyone mm-hmm. to catch that to find that but there is no process there's no systematic plan in yes. our in our educational system in our informational industries mm-hmm. so that's why we have confusion yeah. and we have not trust we are not content yeah if you look in the in the re- in the religious, let's say Vedic religion, Vedic not re- Vedic is not religion. Vedic is a culture. Yeah. If you look, if you if you look from that perspective, they in Vedanta they say you need three. Ab- you know, uh, uh, three necessary abilities: Manusuttam, Mumuchuttam, and Mahapurusasasansya. The first eligibility is that you have to be human. 
because the same other beings also want yeah but they cannot achieve that higher they have to come as a birth as a human mm-hmm. because human have a free will they don't have yeah. this is the difference between and mumuchotam even you are human but if you don't have that clarity that what is your real desire then you can never reach that mm. so mumuchotam your pers- your uh, desire must be very clear yeah hmm not to confuse yourself not to get hmm? and when you have that desire that what you are asking from microcosmic to universal mm-hmm. then mahapurushasya sansara mahapurushasya means the to association of great being what is what can be greater than you mm-hmm. so association of the great being means guru to find your guru but who can be greater than your being by yourself mm-hmm. and that method that knowledge that education system which helps you to find your greater being can help you to that to mm-hmm. your question actually yeah. yeah so to push the um since you mentioned guru which mm-hmm. is obviously always a a very juicy topic here yes. in the states mm-hmm. <laughs> um do you um i understand like the difference between the guru as a principle and mm-hmm. the guru as um an embodied teacher yeah yeah so do you from your perspective is an embodied teacher necessary for this process or can one have simply a relationship with the principle of the guru in a more abstract sense guru means you know that go means eh? mm-hmm. <coughs> the gunk yes and ru means <laughs> the removal of yes eh? the dark to and light mm-hmm. so guru is like who brings light in your darkness means who brings clarity in your perception mm-hmm. that is guru mm. For example that we were talking about mathematics how you get clarity in your perception with numbers someone told you your mother told you your father told you friends told you school told you somewhere you get it clarity in your perception yeah and when you get clarity in your perception your guru is awakened and your intelligence is awakened on that field of uh, mm. subject and you grow it mm. you become your own guru little bit yeah because when you learned 1 2 3 till 10 you start to say oh this is one and this is two now i have three mm-hmm. you know this is your this is the level of when you started to find your number three this is your own guru awakening but yeah. how this is possible until one guru don't tell you 1 to 10 all the numbers are like that existing right. even it is in you so it is very practical that we need someone some some external tools because we living external life when we born we start to see outside we want everything get from outside but because of the ego we think that knowledge must come somewhere not from outside but we need the help yeah you need help you need to learn anything you need some maybe you're comp- you're learning from your computer but then computer is your guru because <laughs> someone put in something in computer yeah, right yeah, somewhere is the source mm. so it's to so material form because we are in material form born and we are living the material form 
So we need material guru also. Yeah. What I experience and I believe and what the Vedic tradition says that master is within you but you need to have a master which helps you to find that. Yeah. That was a, I, that I think that's one of the most like clear ways I've ever heard anyone describe the awakening of the inner guru mm-hmm. and I think that was really awesome the way that you described that. Um, but I just want to kind of... Uh, I'm not, uh, uh, let's say, just a believer and kind of religious teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm a spiritual and I'm a lawyer. I work with the logics. Yeah. No, I work with the logics. If it does not fit with the logic, I don't believe in it. I love that. <laughs> so then in the, in the more... Um, Guru, as principal sense, what I hear, what I heard you saying is essentially that the guru can appear in anything, any object, any experience, any relationship that gives clarity where there was darkness. Yeah, the guru of what subject? Guru of mathematics, guru of mm. uh, English, guru of psychology, guru of you know. Yeah. But when we talk about the absolute knowledge, hmm, this all knowledge is the part of that absolute knowledge. Yeah. But absolute knowledge means the knowledge of the God, knowledge of the divine means knowledge of you, mm-hmm. knowledge of the self, yeah. which is not existing a subject yet, mm-hmm. but n- but later and sooner is coming. Mm-hmm. The knowledge of the self, knowledge of the peace, because you are the peace. Mm-hmm. So knowledge of the consciousness, the subject, huh? The, the science of consciousness, let's say. Yeah. So science of consciousness, which where you get, that is your guru of, guru of absolute knowledge. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Um, so since I love lists, I'll ask you, um, what do you think are the three, or if you could choose three, the three biggest obstacles to the realization of this kind of knowledge, this absolute knowledge? <coughs> First obstacles are our... <laughs> our uh, diplomatic system. Ah, <laughs> okay? that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, that is the first <laughs> obstacle. Huh? You mean that politically or just in general? The p- which which holding the power? Yeah, I see. The spiritual politics or whatever the politics you say, mm. the 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 diplomatic politics, whatever. But wherever you want to see that, this is existing. This our diplomatic system you know the political system which want to ho- keep the hold power they never will like to give you the right address of the self <laughs> you know <laughs> the address of the self That's yeah awesome. they will never like to give you uh, the the knowledge that you become self dependent mm. on the peace they will never like they will Keep you drive crazy, then they can manipulate you and they can use your uh, credit card. (laughs) Yeah, they can use your talent and your energy Mm -hmm. for their benefits. Actually, in the best, it is not also their benefits, but they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Another, if you go in individual level, that ahamkara. Mm-hmm. Ego yeah. of the self. Hmm? This is also self diplomacy. Mm-hmm. This ego is very big. 
issue. But this diplomacy, this ego is very profitable also. Mm. Because this is not ego, this is a proud. When it is wrong addressed, the ego, addre- the proud is addressed as a, as a r- ego, this is confusion. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. When ego is rightly addressed, this is the proud. I'm proud to be human. I'm proud to be uh, American. I'm proud to be uh, Indian. I'm proud to be, you know, teacher. I'm proud to be your friend. I'm proud to be your son. I'm proud, proud to be loved, whatever. But if it is, if it is wrong addressed, I'm egoistic because I'm American. I'm egoistic because I'm Indian. I'm egoistic because I'm loved by people. I'm mm. egoistic, you know. Yeah. This the same same concept wrong addressed. Wrong address. Mhm. Hmm? It is true or not? Yes, very true. So, so dip- so th- this diplomacy, this social dis- diplomacy, individual diplomacy is two real biggest and third, I will say, the spiritual politics, mm. Mm? religious politics. Right. Like the I will not say religi- spiritual politics. I will say religious politics. This religious politics. The time is finished. There's no more time left in this world. This religious politics is down. Mm-hmm. And. Diplomatic, social diplomacy, the so- social politics, national politics, or whatever you say. The governments are also trying to f- figure out, beca- they have the knowledge, because this is, you see, that what is happening all around uh, many countries. They are very much aware, and they cannot hold long time. Mm-hmm. They, cannot, they cannot stop it. Mm-hmm. Because self-awareness is growing. Because everybody is now understood that only the knowledge is possible to change things. No any other way. Mm. So three obstacles that individual politics, mm, diplomacy, the social national diplomacy, and religious diplomacy. These are the obstacles. So when you say the religious politics, which I think is really, you know, those three were like, those are such clear and wonderful answers Mm -hmm. to this question. Um, Do you partly mean kind of the way in which organized religion has monopolized the idea of God? And, And so many people, when they even, for example, hear the word God in this country, they immediately think of this, you know, man in the sky with lightning bolts you know who's going I, to I don't say there's only one I say <laughs> that if you yeah. look any any whole globe any country any any kind of sect mm-hmm. the god has been used in very bad sense actually god god has been used very low level mm. You can say manipul- people on the name of God, so much manipulation, people are scared on the name of God, actually. Yeah. How? Even, Indi- even in India? 
like Every, in, everywhere would this uh, extend to hinduism in some senses every i don't say that uh, i will say less or more okay somewhere is more somewhere is less right but on the name of god it has been so many wars in every yeah. country you have to see also in india w- india is not out of this world mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> everywhere in whole world on the name of god has been wars yeah how you can say that that uh, you fight for the god you don't fight for the god you wake up for the god yeah in in bhagavad in bhagavad mahapurana what is god sachidanand rupai ಸಚಿದಾನಂದಿಟಿ where is the fight here mm. hmm sat chit ananda that permanent eternal bliss is eh? ananda mm-hmm. the joy hmm? that is god mm-hmm. which is the reason to create everything why you create computer to enjoy why you create the tea to enjoy eh? why you create a children to enjoy so that absolute bliss eternal bliss this eternal joy which is creating everything that is the god that is lord krishna that is krishna consciousness mm. god is not to fight mm-hmm. so it is wrong at least yeah Wow, well that's such a beautiful note to end on and we're sort of coming to the end of our time and it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Um is there anything else that you felt like you would like to share in, that we haven't covered um based on the topics we've explored together? Yes, I'm very thankful that this awareness is coming mm-hmm. not only in in a individual or social level it's national and international level yeah. i want to thanks to all these governments and nations and leaders who are k- taking initiative yeah and and united states is taking ni- initiative and this government of united states is taking initiative on this uh, I- in this time because united states is leading country for whole world now in terms of you know politics in terms of economics mm-hmm. and united states is taking the peace education in this in initiative i'm so happy mm. and thankful and i think we have to we have to bring this uh, uh, concept of god yeah. and peace and yoga you know yoga course, yeah. <laughs> in in scientific reality yeah yeah that is uh, please we are in living in scientific age mm-hmm. and 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 we cannot we cannot uh, you know escape from the scientific reality Absolutely, so yeah. my approach is that vedic science vedic knowledge with scientific reality we can enjoy better yeah thank you so much thank you thank jai you very gurdev. much swami jai gurudev